Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. I stole Jim's mic. That's our problem. Uh, there we go. So, yeah, so the, the, the different sounds that you get out of a guitar come out of the length of the string. The tension in the string is going to affect the, the kind of sound that you get. And so uh, what happens when you play guitar is when you, when you play a G chord, what you're actually doing is you're shortening these strings that, that you're pressing down. You're, you're, the, the amount of vibration, nothing is happening back here, and it's all happening up here now. And so you shorten that string, and you get a different sound. Um, this, and this is, this is the way all, really all music works. So the piano has different lengths of strings that, that make different sounds. Um, I, I assume, I, again, like I'm saying, I don't really know, but I, I assume like wind instruments, it's, it's, as, you, as you press down and close certain holes or open certain holes, like it, it creates, the, the air flowing through there creates a different sound. So that even maybe you've done this with with a, a Coke bottle or something where you you're drinking it and then you you blow over it and it makes a sound. You drink more and you get a different sound. Have you have you ever done that? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, maybe not a Coke bottle, a water bottle, or whatever you whatever you may have. Uh, and this this is the way. What, what's fascinating about this and what I was thinking about is that that this the the these sounds that we get and the way that we are able to make music because of because of these sounds these are things that have have been woven into the fabric of creation that that this this just exists like so it's it's a law of physics that when you when you have a string at a certain tension a certain length and and all the the right factors that it will make that sound every single time uh, that this is the way that god has created the world to work that and, and so I was thinking about this. The instruments that we have, they don't create music. They work as a conduit for the music that God has woven into creation. And, and it, the, to me, this is, this is really fascinating as, as we look at Psalm 148 this morning. Psalm 148 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths. Lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations. You princes and all rulers on earth, young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. He has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his saints of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. And you have this, this psalm 
that speaks of all of these different elements of creation praising the Lord. And, and we, uh, we've, I've been teaching a Sunday school class on, on worship, and, and we looked at this psalm a few weeks ago, and asked the question, how, how do these things praise the Lord? And, you know, some of these things you could say, well, uh, lightning and hail, you could kind of, you could see maybe some, some, they're at least making noise, right? There's, there's something happening. Um, animals and small creatures, you could, you could maybe make an argument for how, the, but uh, fruit trees, you know, how, how are fruit trees praising the Lord? And, and cedars, and, and, and so I, I've been thinking about this, and, and to me, I think the answer is this. That when creation does what God created it to do, this is worship. So when it fulfills the thing that God has designed it for, this, this is worship. So in verse 5 it says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that they will never pass away. And so he created these things and designed them to work a certain way. And them fulfilling what God has created them for is, is worship. And so when we, when, we, when we play guitar, we play an instrument, and, it, and this worship happens because this is the way that God designed the instruments to work. And so somehow even those instruments can, can be praising the Lord because they're doing what God designed them to do. Uh, so, so what does this mean for us? We, all these other things. We, uh, and, and this is unique to us, we have the ability... All, all of these other things don't create music. But we humans have the ability to create music. That, that we, can, we can choose what sort of noises we're going to make as we sing. Or at least some of us are better at it than others. But um, that, that, there's, that there's choice, that there's will, there's volition. We can choose to create new music. We can choose to create new songs. All of creation responds by doing what God has created to do, but we, but we have a choice. Um, and I would argue that that when creation doesn't, when fruit trees don't bear fruit anymore, uh, they're dead, right? They're they're not useful, and so they're not worshiping. And so, what does it mean? What does that even mean for when we don't do what God created us to do? Is there where's where's the life? Um, but but we have this choice. We can choose to worship. Or we can choose not to. And so I want us to, to have these sort of opening thoughts as we come to our passage this morning, Ephesians chapter 5. As we reflect on, on worship and what it is that we do when we come and we gather together to sing, uh, I want us to, to be thinking about these categories of, of what does it mean for us to respond to the way that God has created us. And what does it mean for us to be able to create music? What's happening when we do this? So in Ephesians chapter 5, we're skipping back a, a few verses because we skipped over this knowing that we we're going to have this Sunday where we are intentionally directing our thoughts towards, towards music. And so Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. Uh, actually, let's read through verse 21. Speak to one another with psalms... or Sorry. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. 
always, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, the, this passage, uh, when, we, when we do something like this and we take three verses that are kind of in the middle of something, it, it can be very helpful to see what's happening in the larger picture, especially since we sort of moved on from where we have, where, what we've been talking about. Um, I want us to, to think about what is Paul saying here? What is the context of what he's, of what he's talking about? Um, first of all, we're going we're gonna to be focusing in on, on this passage of speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. We're, we're going to be reflecting on that. And be, right before that, the beginning of verse 18, he says, Do not be drunk with wine. Do, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. This, this word here, we see this, this, is, this is what the prodigal son does. This word debauchery is, is wild living. It's, it's uh, lack of control. It's just choosing to, to live your own way. It says, don't get drunk on wine where you, where you lose control. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And it's, he's, he's contrasting this filling. So instead of being filled with wine where you lose control, be filled with the Spirit. Um, and, and this filling of the Spirit leads to, to five things. In, in our translations, oftentimes it's, it's broken to, to make it flow better. But this, this is actually one run-on sentence. So it, said, it says, Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So these five things are, are the response to what it means to be filled by the Spirit. So Paul says, instead of being filled with wine, instead of being drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. And this is what this looks like. This is, and, and there's questions about, okay, what is, what is he saying? This is, this is how we are filled with the Spirit? These are the results of being filled by the Spirit? And the answer is yes. It's, it's both of those things. It's, it's the evidence of what happens when we're filled by the Spirit, but it's also directs us towards being filled by the Spirit. And when we talk about being filled by the Spirit, uh, we, we've already looked at earlier in Ephesians that, that all believers have the Holy Spirit. That's not that some have more of it, some have the others, but this idea, this language is the idea of, of walking in the Spirit, being, being directed by the Spirit. So one of the common commentators I read this week said that the believer has all of the Spirit, but being filled with the Spirit allows the Spirit to have all of the believer. And it's this idea that, that we are intentionally ordering our practices in a way that the Spirit is moving and guiding who we are. This is what he says when he says, be filled by the Spirit. And he says what this looks like, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making music. The word actually is uh, sing, singing and hymning to like H-Y-M-N, it's, him, it's not a word, obviously, in our language, but so it gets translated, making music. Singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. These are the, these are the five things that are the evidence. Uh, but the context of this, what, what, is, what is Paul talking about here? What's going on? Uh, all the way back to verse 1 of chapter 5. Paul says, be imitators of God, therefore, 
as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. These, these two verses, I believe, Paul, the rest of, the rest of chapter 5 and into chapter 6, Paul is unpacking what this means. What, what does it mean to live a life of love just as Christ loved us? Paul's unpacking this for the Ephesians, and, and part of that is our passage for today. And so one of the ways that we live a life of love, according to Paul, is by being filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit means that we speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs, that we sing, that we make music. Uh, my translation says, in your heart. Really, it, a better translation is from your heart. So it's not that we're just sort of, well, I'm singing on the inside, but not. But it's that the, the songs that we sing come from our heart. They come from, from our, what we love, from our desires. Singing and making music from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That these things are what it means to be filled by the Spirit, and being filled by the Spirit is a way in which we walk in love. Uh, So here's what I want us to reflect on before the choir shares their music with us. And here's what I want us to think about. This, this idea of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Some people will try to break it down into categories and say, well, these, these, this is the psalms, this kind of song is a hymn, this kind of song is a spiritual song, and, and like we need to have sort of these neat categories. And I think what Paul is saying here is not that there are neat categories for, well, this song, this song that we're singing here is a spiritual song, as opposed to that one is, is a hymn versus a song. But that, that it's, it's the entire spectrum of, of music, the entire spectrum of, of types of songs that we can sing. That, that there should be variety. And, and it's interesting, he says that oftentimes when we think about worship, we think about that, that it's, it's just between me and God. So that when we come together and we worship, it's, it's just about how, how am I interacting with God. But what Paul says here is that, that when we come together and worship, it's not just about us and God. It's also about us and one another. That we are to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs. That, that our, our music is not just to, to simply worship God, but part of our worship comes when we interact with one another and we speak to one another as a body. And this is really important and for us, for us to think about, to, to stay with. Because the, the last verse here, verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. A lot of translations will, will break this and put this in the next section, or, or my translation has this as a new paragraph. But this is not a new paragraph. This is, this is part of the same run of, of sentences. And part of what Paul is saying here is that in our worship together, we are to be submitting to one another. So that, so that it's, not just, it's not just about what do I want from worship. When I gather together, when we sing together, what is it that I want to see? And, and how, do I, how do I find a church that gives me everything that I want when I worship? But the part of what Paul says should be happening when we come together and we sing together should be that we are submitting to the desires of others 
as well as, as having our own desires found. And, and this is something that we try to do here at Berean. And, and I think we're fairly successful at it because I would... Well, you can raise your hand. How many of you will say within the last year, those of you that come, have, have possibly sung a song that you just, you just, you didn't like that song? And you're thinking, why are we singing this? You can raise your hand. Yeah, I, I have, and I lead songs sometimes, and I think, I, I'm, I'm up here sometimes, I'm like, why did I pick this song? What? But this, this happens, right? I mean, this, this is part of what it means to be a body. This is part of what it means to be a church family, is that we submit to one another. And so if you're, if you're, next time you're here and you're thinking, why in the world did they choose this song? Oh my. Think about that you're submitting to those around you. That you're submitting to the desires. And, and, and I, I mean, I think this is, this is really important for us to recognize this because we live in such a consumeristic culture that says you can have whatever you want when you want it. And, and that we have such a variety of options to choose from that you can be riding on the bus and everybody has their earbuds in and everybody's listening to their own thing and nobody's talking to one another. They're just kind of in their own world and, and this is great. And when we come to church... We have to learn that it's not all about us. And we have to learn what it means to be a family. And, and maybe uh, those of you that have teenagers or, or are teenagers or remember being teenagers have experienced this, uh, getting in the car with said teenagers or said parents and uh, arguing over what is, hap- what is going to be listened to on the radio. Um, and, and there's difference of taste, there's difference of opinions, and, and we don't all get to listen to what, what we like. Uh, but, part of, <laughs> but part of what happens when we come to church is that, is that sometimes we sing songs that we really love, and sometimes we sing songs that we're just tired of, or seem, seem boring, or, or whatever. But... But other people love them. And the beauty of the body of Christ is that we can come and all of those things that divide us throughout the week, we can come together on Sunday morning and we can love one another despite our differences. And so when we talk about worship and we talk about singing, speaking to one another with these songs and singing and making music from our hearts to the Lord, we're talking about the ways that we uh, learn to submit to one another out of love. We're talking about the ways that we learn to become more a body. And this is one of the things that we've been talking about in my Sunday school class, that oftentimes we think of, we think of worship in these categories of, is it, is it new or old? Is it, is it a hymn or is it, is it a chorus? Is it contemporary or is it traditional? And, and the categories that we should be thinking about is how is worship expressing who we are, who God has created us to be, who God is, and, and who we are in relationship to him, and how is it forming us more into those relationships? How, so expressing and forming, these are the categories. 
And, and so when we come and we submit to one another in our worship, and we, and we choose to sing that song that we really don't like, but we're going to lift our voices with those around us and participate in it, and we're going to submit to those around us, we are being formed more into a body. That we, it's the same idea as with the Spirit. We already have the Spirit. But by walking in the Spirit, by being filled with the Spirit, we allow the Spirit to have uh, more control of our decisions and our actions. When we worship together, we are a body. But when we begin to submit to one another, we become more and more that body. And that unity becomes more solidified. Because it's not just a, a positional thing, but it's something that we actually are experiencing with one another. That ability to love and to serve and to interact with those who are different than us is, is the most, I think, one of the most beautiful things about the body of Christ. That it's, it's, not, it's not about age, it's not about um, gender, it's not about race. It's, it's all of us together coming before the Lord and that all are one in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this, uh, this reality of a body that we are. And as we, as we worship and we gather each week to, to celebrate the resurrection and to celebrate who you have created us to be, uh, may we be reminded, may we submit, may we learn to love one another because you have loved us. Praise in your name. Amen.